Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning we are going to end our time of study of the study of fear. We've been talking about fear for several weeks. I know it's probably seemed like months, but uh, it hasn't been. We've talked about all kinds of different kinds of fears. The fear of death was last week, and we talked about the fear of the unknown, the fear of uh, so many different things, the fear of being alone. Uh, This morning I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to deal with the last fear, that, and this is the last one that we're going to deal with. And, and we've been looking at fear from a perspective of fear being bad. And in a lot of cases, fear can be bad. Fear is, is bad in, in a lot of circumstances where it keeps us from doing the things that we ought to do. It keeps us from living the kind of life that we want to live. It keeps us from enjoying the things that we uh, want to enjoy. And so uh, in those instances, fear can be bad. But in... Uh, this context this morning, we're going to see how fear can be good. Good uh, Fear can be good in that, like if you have a small child, uh, you teach them not to touch a hot stove uh, because it can burn them. That's a good fear. A fear of, of, of putting your hand on a, uh, on a hot stove is something that keeps you from burning yourself, especially when you're little. As a, as a child gets a little older and a little bit bigger and they start doing things, um, to have a fear of running out into the road is, is another good fear. You want them to respect the fact that there's cars going up and down the road and that they're not always attentive to what's going on. And so uh, having a fear of, of, of those cars that might uh, come around the corner and, and plow into you while you're running, you're just running out there to get a, 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 a ball or something that might have gone out there into the road and there's nothing wrong with that but to have a fear of that road a healthy fear is a good thing to have a fear of, of them when they get a little older when they start to drive is a good thing uh, they need to make sure that they are cautious when they get behind the wheel uh, cautious about uh, the kind of people that they have in the car with them a fear of, of possibly doing something wrong because in, in a split second in a moment they can go from having a good time and, and singing songs to the radio and all that kind of thing in a car to uh, to having their whole life devastated because of just a, a, a moment lapse in, in judgment or moments lapse in decision about whether or not they'll put a, their foot on the gas or the brake or how fast they're going. And all of those things are good healthy fears. And so we need to realize that fear can be a good thing. <coughs> and God's, excuse me, God's word tells us there's also another fear. In fact, this other fear is something that is healthy for us. It's found in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord 
Now, uh, a lot of times when we read this passage of Scripture, we, we think, you know, well, should I really fear God? Yes, we should. Yes, we should. Uh, we don't fear God in the way that we fear um, a lot of different things. If we're out in a, a boat in a, a lake or a pond and we see a couple of eyeballs peer up uh, from the, the surface of the water and, and it's followed by this long, long, long thing behind it, um, we have a healthy fear of that crocodile or alligator that might be in the water and realize that, that in a moment, life could be a lot different or stop. But that's not the kind of fear we're talking about. Uh, the fear of the Lord is, is something that we need to understand. Now, uh, the book of Proverbs, many of these Proverbs were written by Solomon. And, and who better than the wisest man in the world to, to share with us uh, some of the, the great wisdom that he uh, was granted by God. Now, you remember that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. Why? Because, not because he went to school and, and studied a lot or anything like that, but because God came to him and said, I'll give you anything that you want. You just simply ask. And, and Solomon had a little bit of wisdom already in, his, in him in that he said, Lord, I am I'm a, I don't, I, I, it could have been his youth. It could have been the fact that his father was David, whatever it might have been. He said, God, I, I'm about to be the king. I am the, you've made me the king of this nation of yours. And I don't know how, what to do. I don't know how to do it. Give me wisdom that I might lead them the way that you want me to lead. And so God granted him that wish of wisdom, and he granted him so much more. And who better than someone who has the wisdom of God than to, to write Proverbs, which are, and Solomon wrote uh, over 100,000 Proverbs. We don't have, uh, you know, nearly all the Proverbs that, that Solomon wrote. Uh, recorded here for us, but he wrote uh, over a hundred thousand proverbs. He wrote over a thousand songs, and and Solomon was given such wisdom. And really, the whole first chapter of of the book of Proverbs is telling us why he's writing this book to begin with, why he's writing down these proverbs, and and he goes into great detail uh, the proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. He's already putting his thesis up here of why he's writing all this down. He's writing it so that other might glean from the wisdom that God has given him, that, that people might understand and not only know the wisdom of God, but also grow closer to God. And so he gets to verse 7 and he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This tells us that the beginning of understanding true wisdom and true... Uh, the. Uh, let me just explain a little something here. That word you see right there, beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
the beginning, it, that word there is, could be a little better understood if you uh, replace that word with essence. The, the, that word begin, that's translated as beginning it had, could be better translated as essence. The, the fear of the Lord is the essence of knowledge. Of, of the essence of knowledge is to, is to understand who uh, and fear God. So the fear of the Lord, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that we uh, have to make some acknowledgments. The first thing, one is, is that there is a God. You know, there's a lot of people throughout this world that want to say to this day and and are out there wanting to say that there is no God. And the Bible says, and uh, I believe it's in Psalms, it says, the, uh, the fool says within his heart, there is no God. And so the fear of uh, the beginning of knowledge is to simply acknowledge that there is a God. And... Uh, the reason that there are so many who want to doubt that there is a God or to, to cast doubt on the existence of God is, 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 and I believe the more I grow closer to God, the more I understand why there are atheists. And the reason is, is that they refuse to acknowledge there's one greater than they. They want to sit, sit there and say, don't tell me that there's someone out there who's going to tell me right and wrong. See, if you say that there's a God, then you have to understand that there's one greater you, than you that will determine uh, the things that are right and wrong the one, uh, and make a, uh, a, make a distinction between good and evil. And these people that, that claim to be atheists, they want to say that there is no God so that they have no authority that's over them. That they sit there and say, well, I just want to sit here and, and claim that there's no one greater than myself. Well, look at all of these people who, who uh, are uh, either atheists or wanting to, uh, to uh, cause uh, our culture and our society to go uh, the way of uh, the way that it is now they they don't want they want to say look if it feels good you know one of their greatest mantras is is look you're the judge of what's good and evil you're the judge of what's right and wrong if it feels good to you then you do it if you uh, if it doesn't hurt anybody else and you want to do uh, you want to smoke pot or you if if you uh, if it feels good and you want to shoot up with heroin and you're you're not hurting anybody else, then you just go right ahead and do that. Well, that's denying right and wrong. That's denying that there's anyone above you that uh, is the judge of right and wrong. And so, the beginning of fear, uh, the fear of the Lord begins with us uh, with the understanding that there is a God, that there is one greater than you, that, that there is one who makes judgments and and is able to. Uh, determine good and evil in your life. And then the second thing is, is that once you acknowledge that there is a God, that you have a fear of Him. And again, when I say fear, we understand to have a healthy reverence for. For instance, if you were uh, accused of murder and you were taken to a courtroom and you were uh, standing there at the table where the defendants sit and you have a law even though you might have a lawyer sitting there with you and saying okay don't worry about it don't worry about it 
the person you're going to have a healthy fear for is the judge that sits right up there in front of you because the judge is the one who determines what is admitted, admitted into evidence and the judge is the one who will make a determination about your guilt uh, and also along with the, uh, the jury. You have a healthy fear of the judge. And when you're sitting in his courtroom, he's, he's the final authority. And if you, look, you don't even have to be put on trial. If you're sitting in the courtroom and you're doing something that you ought not to be doing, you ought to fear the judge because the judge can hold you in contempt in his courtroom. He can send you to jail. He can cause you to be put in jail for the rest of your life if you're in, in there for a, a bad enough crime. And so you have a fear of the judge. It's, it's, it's more of a reverence for that uh, person, that individual. Why? Because of their place of authority, their place in your life. And so uh, what, uh, what Solomon is saying is, is the beginning or the essence of knowledge is to have a fear of the Lord, to begin to understand and know that there is a God and to have a reverence for God. And he says that's just the essence of the knowledge of God, uh, or the, the essence of knowledge. But he says uh, wisdom is something that not everybody wants to have. He says the fool despises wisdom and instruction. Why would someone who's not, uh, who doesn't, who's been considered to be foolish, why would they despise wisdom and instruction? Uh, because. Uh, it, it guide, wisdom and instruction. What is wisdom? And many would say wisdom is an accumulation of... You see, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge, and knowledge is not wisdom, but wisdom is a, a, the ability to apply knowledge in an appropriate way in your life. To be able to uh, to take knowledge that you you can be the smartest person in the world in terms of book knowledge. You can have all kinds of knowledge about uh, uh, molecules and and atoms. You can have all kinds of knowledge about outer space and about all kinds of things, but that doesn't mean you're a wise individual. Wisdom is to be able to apply. Knowledge. That's why it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning or the essence of knowledge. It, it is the starting point. It is the place in which uh, you begin to attain knowledge, but wisdom is far greater than just simple knowledge. And so it says that a fool despises wisdom and instruction. You've, you've heard people say, you know, well, I hate school. Yeah, yeah, I hate school. The Bible just called you something here. The Bible says it's foolish not to enjoy instruction in your life, not to enjoy wisdom. Why? Because wisdom helps you order your life. Wisdom and instruction help you to gain a perspective of life and helps you throughout your life. And so you ought to always enjoy with, uh, instruction and enjoy wisdom and enjoy the opportunity to learn and to grow. Because otherwise you, you become a foolish individual. You begin to, to your life begins to, uh, to take direction that is not according to God's desire. So um, this fear, the fear that we 
are discussing today is the fear of uh, the Lord and the fear of God and the fear of understanding and knowing God. And so we've learned that fear is not a bad thing always. The fear of the Lord is, is an aspect of having reverence and, and devotion to God. And all of this, the essence of knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the essence or the beginning of knowledge. And having that fear, that, that reverence for God is the beginning of gaining knowledge in your life. And to do otherwise is to be foolish. To despise that wisdom, that gaining of knowledge, and that despising that that gaining of understanding and instruction is counterintuitive to your life of living a life that's not foolish. Verse six, Solomon says, to understand a proverb and to uh, interpret that proverb and the words of the wise and their dark sayings. That's all. That's part of the reason why he's bringing this forward is to is to help us to understand these things. Instruction, the instruction that we gain through uh, uh, learning and gaining knowledge, and allowing God to affect our life, to allow God to to make us wise. These these are all the reasons why we study and we study God's word to allow God to apply it to our life. And we can't simply... You take uh, someone who is an infant, a small baby, a, a, a little child, and you put an encyclopedia in front of them. Are they going to be able to understand it? No. They might be able to open up the, the encyclopedia and look at some of the pictures. Might be able to sit there and... and look at the the pretty things that are on the page, but it takes someone who has gained some wisdom, gained some understanding, gained some knowledge to explain those things to them. And God's telling us that that in gaining that understanding, understanding the Proverbs and understanding the interpretation thereof and to, uh, understanding the words of the wise is a goal that we should have to, to allow ourselves to become closer to God, closer to uh, in our... Under- you know, <laughs> many people accuse, especially those who are atheists, accuse Christians of being just foolish people. Oh, all you got is blind faith. All you do is just believe. Uh, and we were talking about this in Sunday school this morning, how uh, there's some people that say, oh, I believe everything in the Bible. I believe it from cover to cover. And I believe it and just simply take the Word of God for what it, it says. Well... That is a an expression of a willingness to believe whatever God tells us to believe. And it's more than just simply saying, I believe this. You have to not only believe the words of God, but you have to understand why you believe those words. And you have to be able to understand what those words mean. And so uh, Solomon says it's important for us to grow, grow in wisdom. It's important for us to grow in knowledge so that we can understand more of what God is, is saying to us and more of, of what uh, God desires for us. Now, one of the things that I used to enjoy as a young boy 
uh, growing up was I used to love sitting on the couch beside my daddy. Now, my daddy had... Uh, my daddy had a special chair. Do you have a special chair you sit in at home? You have a chair. And, and look, daddy's chair was such that you don't, you don't sit in daddy's chair, do you? Because that's where daddy sits. Daddy sits in that chair and nobody is supposed to sit in daddy's chair but daddy. Daddy had a, spe- a chair that he sat in in our home and, and it was over there by itself. It wasn't... Uh, around a bunch of other chairs. Part of the reason was is because he, he he took a little extra space to get up and sit down. And so he he had to be uh, separate from everybody else. But there'd be times when Daddy would come and sit on the couch beside me. And my Daddy had times where he was at home and we were uh, there and, and he'd sit on the couch beside me and he'd put his big arm around me and and put me in the crook of his arm and and he'd sit there and he would uh, open up uh, the encyclopedia or the dictionary and we would start looking at things. And I loved the little pictures because that was about all I could understand at the time. And he'd say, Son, if you don't ever understand a word that I use or that you hear, don't ever be afraid to go look it up and see what it, it means. And he he showed me how to look up a word. And he'd say, now, son, once you find out what that word means, you got to remember what it means. But don't be afraid to look at other things that interest you while you're at, on that page. And he'd say, uh, you know, you can see some of the other words here that are defined and maybe you... Uh, read some of those things and, and maybe there's something that catches your attention and, and, and causes you to, to want to learn some more. He said, don't ever be afraid of that. Don't ever, don't ever stifle that. Don't ever keep, you, uh, keep that from happening. He says, if that happens, just keep following it however far. So he said, now, see this definition here? You understand everything that's in that definition? And sometimes I would and sometimes I wouldn't. He'd say, now, if you don't understand some of the words in a definition, look those words up too. And he'd say, okay, uh, what's a word you don't understand in this? And I'd say another word, and he'd say, well, let's look that one up. And then we'd go over there to that page, and maybe while we were going, we'd see a picture of something, and it'd explain what that thing was, and like a cupola or or anything else. And he'd say, now you, you know what that means, and you're able to apply it in your daily life. And so he'd show me how to just spend time in a dictionary or an encyclopedia and flipping here and flipping there and seeing different things. Encyclopedias are so much better because they had all these pictures that you could see. Unfortunately, with the computer, we don't have that anymore. Uh, people don't go around selling encyclopedias and people don't buy encyclopedia sets and have them in their home. And if you have a set in your home, I guarantee you it's probably out of date because we just don't buy encyclopedias like we used to. But you can do the same thing with the Internet, but you got to be careful with the Internet because they put a lot of things on the Internet that you might not need to see. Um, but uh, it uh, just that kind of activity is a way of growing in your understanding and knowledge. And we do those things because we want to be more knowledgeable. Why do we want to be more knowledgeable? Now... My daddy had a lot of knowledge and in order to, to, the more I grew in my understanding of things, the more I understood what he said. 
And the more I enjoyed sitting and listening to my dad because I could understand more and more of what he was saying. My daddy never dumbed down anything. He never tried to to say things in a way that I would understand. He always used the words that he would use with any adult when he was speaking with me. Why? Because he wanted me to learn. He wanted me to be curious about the things that he was saying and he wanted me to grow in my understanding. Now, imagine sitting there on the couch with your daddy and not being able to understand a word he says. How much time would you enjoy being with your daddy if you couldn't understand a thing that he said? And how much would your daddy enjoy if he couldn't tell you that he loved you? Now, imagine you're sitting on the couch with God. And God is sitting there and He's wanting to explain to you how much He loves you. It's not enough just simply to know that God loves you. You want to be able to communicate with God and you want to be able to grow closer to God and you want God to be able to to share with you how much He loves you. So the greater in wisdom and understanding that you grow, the more you understand what God is saying to you. So many times when I speak with people, they say, well, Pastor, how is it that you're able to to understand and know what God is, is leading you to say or leading you to do? It's growing in your understanding and knowledge. Having a, a wisdom that comes from God. It's not a wisdom that is unacceptable, unaccessible to anyone. It is a wisdom that is accessible to all of us. God's desire is, is that all of us understand Him. All of us know what He's saying to us. All of us to understand and know that He loves us. Put verse 7 back up there if you would, please, Miss Alice. And you'll see that not only is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge the fear of the Lord, but it's also a beginning of a relationship with the Lord. And that's what God desires most of all. To grow in wisdom and instruction is to grow in the ability to know God. The more we know God, the more we revere God. The more we fear God. The more we have a healthy fear of who He is. (coughs) The more we grow in that understanding, the more we revere God, the more we love God, the the closer we are to God. And the closer that we are to Him, the more we learn. And so our desire is, is to have have a healthy fear. All the other sermons that I preached to you about fear, we're, we were wanting to, to eliminate that fear. This is a fear that we want to fear, quote unquote, that we want in our life. A fear of a reverence of God, a fear of understanding God, a desire to grow closer to God so that we can have a better relationship with Him and that we can be His people. Let's join together for prayer and ask God that He might help us in growing in our understanding of Him. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that You'd help us in every way to grow closer to You. Lord, I pray for those who might be here today that don't know You and don't have a relationship with You or don't have a healthy relationship with You. Father God, I pray that You'd help us in in growing ever closer to You so that we might have a desire to, to know even more 
and have a, a greater understanding of who you are. Lord, how foolish it is for us to despise that wisdom and despise that instruction that would grow, uh, cause us to be closer to you. Lord, help us in everything that we do to have a greater understanding of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.